0: This episode is brought to you by Dropbox. Start your free trial with this amazing service by clicking the Dropbox link at bestoftheleft.com. Welcome to the Best of the Left podcast with clips today from The Daily Show, Real Time with Bill Maher, Ring of Fire, The Young Turks, Rachel Maddow, NPR, The Colbert Report, Countdown, and Counterspin.
1: country is engaged in a great debate about how we as a nation will care for ourselves in what we know but uh, are not yet admitting to be the waning years of our empire all right uh the president has made health care reform his number one priority but he knows it's never going to work if he just pushes it through with his democratic majority he's got to reach across the aisle in the spirit of bipartisanship to the republicans let's see how that's going
2: The Democrat plan for health care reform amounts to a government takeover of health care in this country. It's going to end up rationing
3: health care. Higher cost, bigger deficits, less coverage. It's clear that it uses our tax money to allow people to kill themselves. Tell you how you're going to die. They will die in line. Put to death by their government.
2: I cannot stress to you the extent to which chaos, illness, and needless death will befall everyone, end quote.
1: (laughs) Also, the small business exemption limit may be unworkably... Ah! It. You're all gonna die! <laughs> Come on, that's just crazy scare tactics. Not the kind of thing that filters into the real debate. President's having that with real Americans in town halls across this great land.
4: Rumor has it that if we get this new health care system in, that uh, we won't get our doctors and all that we have now, that older American citizens will just be put out to pasture.
5: I have been told there is a clause in there that everyone that's Medicare age will be visited and told to decide
1: how they wish to die. Actually, that's a provision for hospice care and counseling, but... uh...
6: (laughs) Tell her Obama! You know, the... uh, I guarantee you, first of all, uh, we just don't have... uh, enough government workers to send to talk to everybody (laughs) to to find out how they they, they want to (laughs) die. Mr. President,
1: I'm not sure you want to go with dry wit on this one. Maybe you could just say, really, you heard that? Because that's insane. But apparently it's clear that the scare tactics on health care (laughs) reform. Really? You like that? Nice picture? It's actually, it's actually just taken from the website. (laughs) It's clear that the scare tactics on
6: health care reform have taken their toll on the president's sales pitch. First of all. Nobody is talking about some government takeover of health care. Nobody is talking about reducing Medicare benefits. Nobody is talking about you forcing them to have to change your plans. This money's not being wasted. Just tell your mom nobody's messing with her doctor. <laughs> you know what sales pitch is in trouble when it
1: starts with, look, you've got to trust me. We're not going to kill your grandparents. <laughs> You can't go with the net. I'm telling you, these hot dogs, I promise you, they're not made of pig anus. There's nothing to do here.
7: South Carolina, Jim DeMintz made a lot of news because he was talking about Obama's health care plan, and he said, uh, if we can stop him there, it will be his Waterloo, it will break him. And the question that was in my mind was, is that really patriotic? You know, John Edwards, uh, (laughs) John Edwards, (laughs) (laughs) once said a great thing. He said, it's time for Americans to be patriotic about something other than war. And isn't this it? I mean, this is a life-and-death situation, health care. Uh, it just seems to me that the Republican Party at this point is not being patriotic about this. They're spreading some lies, like it's going to be a government-run program. Well, it's not really a government program. It's not really socialized medicine. These, these are talking points, but they're not true points.
8: The lack of, of health care, for example, is breaking the uh, 50 million Americans in this country who do not have it. Um, I was one of them growing up. For most of my life, I didn't have health insurance. And it's clear that the Republican Party doesn't care about that. They want to score a political win. They want to damage this president in any way that they possibly can so they can, um, you know, can move back to their own agenda. But um, they have no problem letting 50 more 50 million Americans suffer without health insurance. Very clear.
9: I, I think... <laughs>
10: I actually did uh, live in Great Britain, um, and I have lived in a society that had a national health care system, so I'm not nearly as afraid of it. But I don't think it's fair to say that the Republicans don't care about health care. All Americans do. They have a very different uh, idea how to go about it. The, The real truth, and this is what scares me, is that we're not acting like we're in the middle of a national crisis at the moment. This is business as usual. We're taking all the pot shots at both sides. Things are becoming more and more polarized, and that's really the concern. We're going to have to find a solution to health care because the boomers are going to retire soon and are going to
9: create enormous distortions in an already distorted system.
7: But, but you say that they are, are caring about this problem we have, and yet... To call it socialized medicine, oh, well, that's... I mean, you just mentioned Britain. There are really only two examples I can think of of real socialized medicine where the government pays for everything. That's Great Britain has right. that, and also our own Veterans Administration. That's right. Mm-hmm. And right. I, I, I would love to have some journalist ask a Republican <laughs> who talks about socialized medicine, right. if it's so awful, yeah. how come it's what we have for our veterans?
10: Well, exactly. Good point. <laughs> the can people also... we care about so much. Right, absolutely.
8: But I also want to know, if, if the Republican Party cares so much about insuring these 50 million Americans who don't have it or who's, uh, you know, those who do have private insurance and their costs are skyrocketing, if they care so much about solving it, then what is their solution? I, wow. I have not heard an alternative plan that they say, here's how we're going to solve it. And it seems to me they just want to maintain the status quo, and that is clearly not working. But all, but all of this is, is kind of beside the point, right? I mean, the
11: Republicans are making a lot of noise. And, and Bill, you're right. Uh, Jim DeMint and Jim Inhofe, you know, are like Newt Gingrich and Bill Kristol back in 1994. They think that this is their road back to rehabilitation. But the Democrats run the House, the Democrats run the Senate, the Democrats hold the White House, and yet they have not. They're having huge trouble passing a health care bill. This is a. Uh, the Republicans are a sideshow here right. compared to the failure of the Democratic Party to get its shit together
6: <laughs> and, and govern the country. And,
11: and and I don't know if you. You notice this when, when the Republicans are in power, even with reduced majorities from what Democrats have. They have an ideology. They have an agenda. They have interests. They pursue it. They pass laws and they govern for good or ill. They, go- they, they, they enact an agenda. The Democrats, whenever they're given a chance controlling all three branches of government, are tied in knots and can't get anywhere. You have a, 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 I mean, you could point to failures (laughs) on Obama's part, but the congressional Democrats are a disgrace. I Believe me,
7: I'm on that page.
11: But um, I
7: think it's instructive to look back in history. I was saying this to Joe Scarborough last week. I said, you know, why don't you for once want to get on the right side of history? You know, people like Medicare. You know, people like the Voting Rights Act, you know, but these, these things actually worked out. And in 1961, I want to show you, this is real. Ronald Reagan put out, and I love that pose, by the way. It's it's not easy to actually, you know, do that. You, uh, people, see people with sclerosis can't get in that position, but I guess this is how they did it in 1961. Uh, and this is a record he put out to convince people, because this was an issue that's been going on since FDR, healthcare in this country. And there it is. Ronald Reagan speaks out against socialized medicine, trying to get... This is something you'd have people over your house, you have coffee, and you'd listen, <laughs> put the record on the... <laughs> seriously, you'd put it on the turntable, and Ronnie would speak against... So I, I just want you to to hear something, a, a fragment of this. This is what his prediction was... This is a prediction of what would happen, the slippery slope we would go down if we engaged in socialized medicine. So play a clip from Ronnie's record. From here, it's a short step to all the rest of socialism, to determining his pay, and pretty soon, your son won't decide when he's in school where he will go or what he will
12: do for a living. He will wait for the government to tell him where he will go to work and what he will do.
7: Well, that did not happen. Plainly, that just did not all happen. And somebody on their side has to come up and, and own up to that, that that didn't happen. Well, we got to hold us some other records that Ronald Reagan made in 1961 <laughs> just to show you that it wasn't just socialized medicine. Look at this. Ronald Reagan speaks out against seatbelts.
13: Once a government establishes its authority to make you strap yourself into your car seat... It's just a matter of time before some bureaucrat is deciding how fast you can go or on which side of the road you have to drive. Pretty soon, I guess, we'll all have to drive in neat little rows on long stretches of pavement. And from there, it's not so hard to imagine signs demanding we stop or yield.
7: Ronald Reagan speaks out against color
13: TV. Color TV overstimulates the eyes of young children and creates a fondness for bright colors and loud patterns. And before you know it, little Jimmy is a homosexual.
3: face Nelson had written America's security bank standards, Americans would have withdrawn their money from banks immediately. So why isn't the American public concerned about why the drug companies are in love with Obama's health care reform plan? The drug companies are spending millions on ad campaigns praising Obama's reform efforts. Remember, those are the same drug companies that also spent hundreds of millions of dollars to defeat Obama's presidential bid. Today, they love Obama. It's easy to understand. Obama has given them a free pass to where they don't have to help pay for reform as a trade-off for their help in shoving a trillion-dollar symbolic reform plan down America's throat. Obama's rewarded the drug companies in a big way. First, they continue to be able to charge $50 for a $2 pill without any centralized price controls in place. Secondly, Obama's allowing the drug companies the right to sell a $2 pill in Canada while he tells Americans that they can't cross the border and buy that $2 pill that's costing them $50 in the U.S. Obama's also rewarding the drug companies for their cooperation by assuring those drug companies that there's not going to be any changes to the laws that make it near impossible for less expensive generic drugs to reach the American market. I've seen firsthand how strong this new friendship is between Obama and the drug industry. When I appear on Fox TV these days discussing this new Obama love affair, I receive the angriest emails from viewers who obviously make their money selling pharmaceuticals. The drug company corporate types are no longer calling Obama socialist. Today, they call him a visionary, mainly because he's their new sugar daddy. They also like the idea that Obama's goal is not so much about reform as it is the perception of reform. The idea is just to give the public something, anything, according to Rahm Emanuel. There won't be any serious health care reform until the drug companies, the hospital corporations, and the HMO industry are forced to pay their fair share of the bill. The only way to accomplish that is to have Obama change his ridiculous love struck posture into a leadership posture where he demands acceptable price controls over segments of the health care industry like the drug makers. But Obama seems so focused on taxing consumers for this illusory reform that he misses the obvious. He appears to be unwilling to overcome the influence of the one point four million dollars per day that the health care industry is spending on lobbyists. Most of these lobby efforts these days aren't even directing at stopping reform. Instead, the goal is to make sure that their client doesn't help pay for that reform. You know what makes progressives different from knee-jerk, lockstep Republicans is we have the courage to say that something's wrong when it is wrong. And I want you to think about something. Can you imagine the party that took place at Pfizer and Merck and Glaxo headquarters when they learned that none of the industry's $90 billion a year profit would go towards paying for reform? Imagine their excitement when they proved once more that regardless of who's in charge of government, a thousand lobbyists hired by a $90 billion industry will always make Catchy slogans like, yes, we can, sound almost ridiculous. Why would you speak to me that way? Especially
4: when I This podcast
0: is supported by Dropbox. Dropbox is amazingly powerful and incredibly simple. It runs on your computer as an almost ordinary folder, but anything you put in that folder is synced automatically with the Dropbox servers. From there, you can easily share the files with anyone, or keep multiple computers, like work and home, in sync all the time, all while enjoying a secure online backup of those files. I personally use Dropbox and find it to be indispensable, and now listeners of Best of the Left can get a 14-day free trial by following the Dropbox link at bestoftheleft.com. Check your
5: handbook, it's no trick, take the chaps.
14: Obama has decided that he's gonna join the battle. And he says, All right, you wanna say uh that uh you know this is my Waterloo? Bring it on. Okay, well I like that kind of talk. Clip number nine, let's see
6: what Obama's got for you. Now there's some in these this town who are content to perpetuate the status quo. Are in fact fighting reform on behalf of powerful special interests. There you go. There are others who recognize the problem but believe uh, or perhaps hope that we can put off the hard work of insurance reform for another day, another year, another decade. Just the other day, one Republican senator said, and I'm quoting him now. If we're able to stop Obama on this, it will be his Waterloo. It will break him. Think about that. This isn't about me. This isn't about politics. This is about a health care system that is breaking America's families, breaking America's businesses, and breaking America's economy. And we can't afford the politics of delay and defeat when it comes to health care. Not this time, not now. There are too many lives and livelihoods at stake. There are too many families who will be crushed if insurance premiums continue to rise three times as fast as wages. There are too many businesses that will be forced to shed workers, scale back benefits, or drop coverage unless we get spiraling health care costs under control.
14: All right. Well, they have now told uh, the Washington Post again uh, that Obama's going to go on the war path, that he's going to bring it. Now, that's the beginning. If that's all he's got, it's okay. But he, I hope he brings more than that, because we're about to go to war here. You've got to bring a stronger man, because here's the critical part yeah it's easy to blame things on the republicans and are you all right about that of course but the reality is you don't need the republicans but you do need everybody who's in the democratic caucus now is a democratic president going to be strong enough brave enough politically to call out other democratic senators and say and pull them into his office and do what lyndon johnson used to do and why he got medicare and medicaid passed in the first place stare down a senator put him right there put him in your face and go Are you with me or are you against me? Now, if you're against me, there's going to be consequences. You can't just give carrots. Look, all Bush had was sticks. Never had any carrots. That didn't make any sense. But if all Obama has is carrots and no sticks, that doesn't make any sense either. Now, I believe Obama can bring the stick. I believe he can bring the whooping stick. But he's got to bring it now. So. It's nice to be vague, but at some point, you've got to call out those corporatist Democrats and say, you're either on board for this or you have screwed me, and I will, for the next three years at least, look to screw you just as hard. Okay? No more playing ball here if you don't help us to get my number one legislative priority through. You kill this for the American people, and I'm coming for you. Now, that's what he needs to say, not necessarily in public, but certainly in
5: private. He ain't doing what he did from the start, and that's putting in some feeling and thought. He decided to live his life shallow, cash in his love for material, and it's gone. Gone, going, gone, everything, gone, give a damn, gone, be the birds when they don't want to sing. Self in the mirror, ain't ya? Feel safe cause it looks familiar, but ya? Afraid I open up your soul cause ya? Don't really know, don't really know who is the person that's deep within cause you content with just being the name brand man, ain't you ya? just see that it's trivial, it's significant. you addicted to material i seen before, you the type of thing soldiers By the way,
1: if you're wondering why all these town hall disruptions continue to happen, it's actually a product of the closed-loop self-sustaining outrage generating ecosystem fueled by what biologists call the crank's cycle. It begins like many life cycles with a planted seed.
9: They only allocated $1 billion in funds. They have already doled
10: out $96 million, and they think ab- around that amount has been promised to people, so they're basically out of money already.
12: If the government is making those projections and is off so far, you've really got to trust them on health care, don't you?
1: <laughs> yeah, they're the same thing! <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, seed planted. If they can't run cash for clunkers, how can they run health care? Now, obviously, Fox has spent a lot of time fertilizing the ground. Will a viewer help pollinate old Deucey's point?
12: There's a guy named Steve who just emailed me. It looks like the government underestimated the effects of the stimulus program. Can they be right about the costs of the health insurance program if they mis-underestimated something well, as easy as like... a
1: car buyer? Oh, yeah. tra- wow. <laughs> interesting restating of steve's point steve or so says a text i just received from a guy named john so now the seedling has poked through the ground and yells something at a town hall meeting two days after that talking point was introduced on fox At which point, this town hall meeting is then covered today by who? And you
12: know what? The people in the audience don't seem to be too happy with what's been going on in Washington. Listen to this.
4: You want us to believe that a government that can't even run a cash for clunkers program is going to run one-seventh of our U.S. economy? No, sir. No. She just explained it
9: for me.
1: (laughs) She involved cats for clunkers. Wow, she just explained it to me almost verbatim. (laughs) I guess great minds think, well, people think alike. Um, So the host delivers a talking point, the constituent repeats it, which the host then covers as news proving the original talking point. But is this mere reflex? In order for the organism to become sentient, it must realize its role in the cycle and actively pursue the effect. What the people are saying in the town hall, there is a dramatic sense
12: of anger, of frustration, and of real fear as to what's going to happen. People have to be contacting their congresspeople, their senators. They need to bring their congresspeople and senator every day to account.
5: It's alive!
10: is Democratic Congressman Lloyd Doggett of Texas. He's the gentleman you saw surrounded by people screaming just say no at a town hall event over the weekend. Congressman Doggett, thanks very much for joining us tonight.
2: Thanks, Rachel. What a great job of exposing this nonsense. And what better cry than just say no from the party of no, never, no way, on most every (laughs) reform.
10: Well, you put out a statement um, after the town hall saying that the mob uh, didn't just come to be heard, but to deny others the right to be heard. Do do you think they were just trying to shut you down, just trying to make this event not happen? Well, uh,
2: they staged this. This was uh, just like what you've been talking about tonight and last night. They had the Republican Party cameras out there to film all this uh, feigned outrage. Uh, And uh, yes, my real complaint is not their cameras or their taunts. Are there silly signs saying I was a traitor to Texas and a devil to all people? My complaint is that when other neighbors show up, they should not be silenced. And that's what this crowd did after I listened to their taunts and their questions and discussed the bill with them for an hour. They insisted on yelling, just say no, anytime anyone else wanted to speak.
10: We've seen some of the, the memos and sort of talking points and instructions that have been leaked from the, the corporate organizers of these events, the people who are making sure that these happen all over the country, not just in your district. And they say that the objective is to rattle the congressman. What, what it, what's it like to be on the receiving end of that sort of thing?
2: Well, uh, you know, it was, it was a bit of a surprise because I've been doing these events for 15 years, and I've never had the Republican Party organize protesters like this. Uh, but I think it served a very educational purpose, and it continues to. Because people need to not sit back and think that President Obama and a Democratic Congress can solve all these problems. They have to be engaged and involved. We cannot turn over the agenda to folks that really remind me, Rachel, like that uh, crowd of Republican staffers that showed up for Bush against Gore down in Florida. It's the same kind of approach.
10: I'm thinking exactly the same terms. In fact, our next guest is here to talk about the connection between the Brooks Brothers riot from Florida 2000 and what we have been seeing. Um, in terms of the Republican Party and, and what's happening here, Congressman Boehner, the top Republican in the House, and now the National Republican Congressional Committee, they have sent out the footage of what was done to you at this town hall meeting. They're bragging about it. They're publicizing it. They're implicitly calling for more of this sort of thing. And even though they're in the opposite party, they are your colleagues in the House. Does does what they're doing make you angry?
2: No nothing surprises me about these people they'll do anything they can to block health care reform just as they have for six decades you know it really shows how desperate they are they use all these bumper stickers uh, slogans like throw mama from the train because I guess the one that they're really all about which is have you hugged your health insurer today that just won't sell with the American people so they use these (laughs) tactics inflate their numbers you know these memos you have referred to talk about inflating your numbers spreading out your numbers that's because they're undernumbered if the people that have been abused by the health insurers come out and tell their story.
10: Congressman Doggett, you talk about doing these types of events for 15 years, not having seen action like this before. Now that you have been not only through this, but that you're being essentially — they're trying to make an example of you on the Republican side about how people should continue to do what was done at this meeting that you convened. Do you have any any counseling, any advice for your fellow congressmen who may be facing similar situations in the future?
2: Don't give up or give in. This is too important. We have few more important issues in America today, and we need to be steadfast in our commitment to learn from those who have legitimate concerns and criticisms. But there's no way you could rewrite this bill to satisfy this mob. We need to be firm and committed to a strong public plan that will give that nudge to the insurers. You know, they talk about taking a middle ground on this. Well, according to the Congressional Budget Office, 96 percent of the people under our plan right now, before the blue dogs start messing with it, 96% will be in private insurance. Isn't 4% in a public plan enough of a compromise? Do we have to give up entirely?
10: Democratic Congressman Lloyd Doggett of Texas, thank you very much for your time tonight, Thanks, sir. Rachel. And I, w- I wasn't there, but on behalf of the country, I'm sorry about what happened to you. It was very rude. Good night. Thanks. When it comes to professionally organized fake grassroots rent-a-mobs shutting down what used to be normal small-d democratic processes, as Congressman Doggett suggested, today's corporate organized health care riots have a long and impressive pedigree. Bush v. Gore, anyone? As Congressman Doggett just reminded us, the GOP orchestrated so-called Brooks Brothers riots that shut down the recount in Miami using uh, used paid rioters recruited from Republican congressional staff members. And as we said last Last night this is this is not spontaneous. What we are seeing at these healthcare events this is not grassroots. this is a scripted phenomenon
0: If you feel like you're just one travel mug away from total contentment you need to check out the best of the left store. Between my cafe press and print fiction stores I've got all the t-shirts, travel mugs and tote bags you could possibly want to show your best of the left pride. If it's a gift you're looking for, then go no farther than a podcast by mail subscription. It's a great way to introduce the show to someone who is not into the whole podcasting scene, but would love to hear it every week sent to them on a CD. Just go to the store tab at bestofleft.com.
9: Those are protesters who recently showed up at a public appearance by Congressman Lloyd Doggett in Austin, Texas. They were saying just say no to Democratic plans to overhaul health care. And they are part of a nationwide outcry, which in many cases appears to have been orchestrated by conservative groups. Small groups are taking over town hall meetings on health care and other issues. The resulting scenes are showing up on YouTube. NPR's Andrew Seabrook has the story. IN TEXAS, CONGRESSMAN DOGGETT IS SHOUTED AT, HECKLED, AND FOLLOWED TO HIS CAR. IN DELAWARE, REPUBLICAN MIKE CASTLE WAS CONFRONTED BY PEOPLE WHO BELIEVE PRESIDENT OBAMA WASN'T BORN IN THE U.S., A RUMOR THAT'S LONG BEEN DISPELLED BY FACTS. And in downtown Philadelphia this week, Democratic Senator Arlen Specter and Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius attempt to hold a town hall meeting on health care.
2: gives the impression of such a firestorm of opposition. Journalism
9: professor Alan Schroeder.
2: That if you don't view that within its proper context, you get a completely misleading idea of what goes on here.
9: Schroeder teaches at Northeastern University and has written several books on the history of televised debates. He says the town hall format for presidents and members of Congress has always been vulnerable to this kind of takeover. Many of the events this week appear to have been organized by conservative groups. A new website is called Operation Embarrass Your Congressman. A widely circulated memo tells right-wing protesters how to treat their congressmen. Quote, make him uneasy, stand up and shout out and sit right back down, rattle him. The memo concludes, "...just imagine what we can achieve if we see to it that every representative in the nation who has supported the socialist agenda has a similar experience." I reached the man who wrote this memo today by phone. His name is Bob McGuffey. He lives in Fairfield, Connecticut, and he belongs to the conservative group Tea Party Patriots. He told me he is sick of writing letters to Congress and getting form letters in return, and he just wants to be heard. He would not do a recorded interview for this story. But the memo makes clear what the protesters are aiming for, press coverage of voter outrage, even as polls continue to show that a majority of Americans support overhauling the health care system. Alan Schroeder says viewers should not take these angry scenes at face value.
2: The spotlight has to shift from the fact that there are these protests onto the makeup of these audiences, where they're coming from, why they're motivated, and uh, and, and what their game plan is.
9: For now, several lawmakers have switched to phone conferences or what they call teletown halls to try to connect with their constituents in a more controlled environment.
5: The phone rings in the car The wife is working hard She's running late tonight again Well, I know what I've been told You gotta work to feed the soul But I can't do this all Superman. I'm no Superman.
12: Welcome to the board. Thank you for joining. Oh. I'm sorry. I have something caught in my throat. Last night, Obama tried to jam his health care plan down it. see, folks, I've been against it from the start. And I've recently been joined in my fight by a powerful ally, President Obama, listen to this stirring oration.
6: Already we've estimated that two-thirds of the cost of reform can be paid for by reallocating money that is simply being wasted in federal health care programs.
12: You want to keep people out of the ER? Just play that speech on the waiting room TV and they will shamble out on their bleeding stumps. God, this whole discussion is mind-numbing. Papa Bear knows what I'm talking about. I think my head is going to explode. I don't know what he said. And, look, maybe I'm a dumb guy, but I do this for a living. I don't know what the plan is. If President Obama wants Americans to support an overhaul of the health care system, he's got to put it in bullet form. Exactly. (laughs) If you can't explain a trillion-dollar plan that affects hundreds of millions of people in 30 minutes or less, we should scrap it, and I should get my pizza free. (laughs) Now, the president has been very tight-lipped about what he wants in the plan, but last night I think he accidentally gave us a peek into the future with this seemingly innocuous point about generic drugs.
6: If there's a blue pill and a red pill, and the blue pill is half the price of the red pill and works just as well, why not pay half price for the thing that's going to make you well? Hmm. Where have I heard that before?
14: You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.
5: Oh my God!
12: is the matrix. A dystopian future filled with chaos and leather trench coats. Floor-length leather trench coats. The government would turn down your claim to treat a bullet wound because they'd expect you to be able to do this and say goodbye to them covering anesthesia during heart surgery. Plus, consider the amount of bureaucrats you'd have to fight off before being able to see a practitioner. Now, sure... I'll admit, the first part of your health care would be amazing. But trust me, the next two parts would suck.
2: <laughs> now, luckily,
12: luckily, folks... <laughs> I know karate. <laughs>
5: It's colder
7: than before The seasons took all they
9: had come for Now winter dances here
5: It seems so fitting, don't you think To dress the
7: ground
5: in white and grey It's so
7: quiet I can hear My thoughts touching every second That I spent waiting for you Circumstances afford me No second chance to tell you How
15: much I've missed you From New York, a health care reform smear campaign that has gradually revealed itself to no longer have anything to do with health care reform. Our fifth story in the countdown, what is being said by Republican lawmakers and by Tea Party protesters, coordinated by the health care industry, now revealing that the fear being stoked seems to have far more to do with anger over who won the last presidential election than it does with who does and does not have health care insurance. President Obama today meeting with a bipartisan group of six senators from the Finance Committee about the health care bill that appears to be stuck in their limited negotiations. After the meeting, Democrat Max Baucus telling Politico that the lawmakers discussed the idea of a Democrats-only bill if the Republicans will not come aboard, and quoting him, if Republicans aren't there, it could get to the point where sometime after the recess, Democrats may have to go in a different direction. I hope not, but we have to face facts. I know. After he said that, some of us were tempted to card him to make sure he had ID, and it was really Max Baucus. Meanwhile, town hall meetings across the country now appearing to be more about the man Senator Baucus met with today, the president, than about the health care reform that the president is trying to enact. In St. Louis County, Missouri, where Republican Todd Aiken addressed constituents, the friendly crowd just loving it when the Republican congressman joked about the lynchings Democrats are receiving at their own events. Different uh,
2: people from Washington D.C. have come back to their districts and have town hall meetings, and they almost got lynched. (Laughter) (Applause) <So>,
15: Mr. Akin, never assume, largely upset because of the misinformation they have been steadily fed by the Republican spin and the astroturf groups formed by the healthcare care industry. Oh, and unlike his Democratic colleagues, Congressman Akin did not take any questions from his audience. An unruly crowd heckling Democrats Vic Snyder and Mike Ross, Ross, the leader of the Blue Dogs. When those congressmen took questions yesterday at Arkansas Children's Hospital in Little Rock, one woman nearly reduced to tears, not because she fears her health care insurance will be taken away, but because she fears her America has been taken away.
5: I have never seen my America turn into what it has turned into.
15: Much to talk about tonight with our own Jonathan Alter, senior editor at Newsweek Magazine. Thanks for coming in, John. Hi, Keith. Is the fear, is that scare that's in evidence at that meeting and other town hall meetings, is it about the health care plan that's being negotiated by Congress, or is it fear and anger about the man who won the presidential election November at last? And, and is there an odd sense here that we could have been looking in these videos at something that came from a McCain-Palin rally? Yeah, it does uh,
13: seem reminiscent of some of those rallies. They're, they're right on the edge there. Uh, of, of uh, you know, advocating violence or other kinds of things. There, there is a kind of a crack in the common sense of America right now. You're starting to see this. Mm-hmm. But I think in some ways this is good for passage of the bill because if we didn't hear about all of this and, and the, uh, the anger and, and wackiness of some of these town meetings, we might actually confuse what's going on there with American public opinion. And we're now at a point in our political dialogue where we're beyond that. Mm-hmm. And so I think in some ways, the backlash is now set in uh, against these town meetings uh, and the kind of behavior we're seeing there, and it won't have the effect of derailing the bill. There might be some other things that are bigger problems, like the big deficit numbers that are gonna come out tomorrow, but I don't think these town meetings are gonna send everything off track.
15: If uh, Republicans like Mr. Akin are able to make jokes about lynching, whether no matter what disclaimer they follow it with, might the White House actually be preparing to go this alone without without Republicans? Is that what that meeting with the six uh, senators was about today? Well that is something that President Obama does not want to have to
13: do, but he may end up there. It may be like the stimulus where they get uh you know a couple of Republicans in the Senate, maybe Olympia Snow, one or two others uh and in the House, uh they get none. That could very possibly happen. Uh, the bigger problem the Democrats have right now is with the blue dog Democrats. Mm-hmm. They've got to hold them. In line, essentially, what you have is the Republicans are the party of no, and the Democrats need to be the party of yes. They can argue about the details, uh, but the idea of sustaining the status quo is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And Democrats all over the country have to just come out and say we need a bill.
15: Argue about what is, what's what's going to be in it, but don't don't talk about there being no bill. When you hear some of the things in this, in these, that are actually that actually do reference supposedly reference healthcare, um, uh, some of them are, no better word for it, so dense as to be amazing. You want to try to sort of bat back some of these things? And so nobody, well, nobody ever hears the yeah. debunkings. At least we give it a try. Yeah. All right, the first one is from the Arkansas town hall, and this one's kind of standard.
5: There's like, say, 100 percent of Americans in America. of us
4: have insurance. Maybe more. I'm saying this is just kind of the general question. Why do eighty percent of us have to
5: change and get something that y'all, the government, President Obama, who came in with an agenda? Yeah. Why uh, do
10: we have to change our way of life for that 20%? Congress's job is mainly to protect us from terrorists, enemies, the borders, and yeah. people who want to do us harm.
15: This is, uh, there's two elements here. This is the old, I've got mine, so screw you, uh, I'm already in the rowboat, you can swim argument. But it's also the, uh, you're going to change my insurance thing. How do you answer those, uh, the, the sort of deep-seated emotion that's behind that because clearly it's not based on facts. Well
13: first of all she's right that 80% you mm-hmm. know have have health care. Uh, where she's wrong is that somehow uh, if they've got it it's going to be enough for them or they're not going to be in danger of losing it should they lose their job. A lot of people nowadays are losing their jobs so what she's not factoring in is what happens to people who uh, have some sort of a change that happens in their lives. They, mm-hmm. get, they get sick, they actually need to health insurance and it ends up being uh... like uh, homeowners you know insurance where once you have a burglary suddenly they cancel your insurance right. that's what health insurance is like and people who have not had big health challenges as i have and, and others don't understand that just because you're insured doesn't mean you're protected <laughs> right. the second thing that she's ignoring is the the promise that president obama has made which is that if you're happy with your insurance it's not going to get taken away i mean if she loves her insurance company God bless her. But uh, she's not going to have any problem with that insurance company. It's not in any danger of going bust. Uh, they might jack up their premiums on her again, mm-hmm. but... Uh, or or lower it, because there's also,
15: competition from the public frankly, option. Frankly,
13: she, I think, is pretty confused, because she looks like a Medicare recipient. Right. And I love these folks who say, uh, you know, stop socialized medicine, but don't
15: touch my <laughs> Medicare. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I, I hate to break it to you, but... All right. Let me move on to this next one here, because it actually hits on an actual problem
14: insurance right now because I'm limited to be able to buy simple catastrophic because Congress will not open up the free competition of insurance companies across state lines. I trade in and out of health company stocks, United Healthcare, Aetna, and I'm making good money at it because you guys are churning the
15: momentum of those price stocks. Besides the fact that he seems to be making money off the insurance industry here, which uh, seems to me to be the headline in his statement, he's correct because Blue Cross Blue Shield controls three-quarters of the market in Arkansas. And Obama said that a public option would keep the insurance companies honest. Uh, Without the public option, what's the answer to this guy's question?
13: Well, there has to be uh, some kind of cooperative, maybe what they call a souped-up cooperative, mm-hmm. one that can actually withstand uh, pressure from uh, insurance companies, which in the past have taken something like Blue Cross, which was originally nonprofit, and turned it into just another insurance company. So the, the problem with the co-op idea is that it's, it, they have been putty in the hands of the insurance companies. But there still is room for compromise there, because if they could design a new kind of co-op that could provide some real uh, competition. Mm -hmm. It could be essentially a public-private option um, that Satisfies enough people to get something through. So I don't think liberals should go, you know, public option or bust. There are other alternatives, and they have to remember that there are many, many important things in this bill that have become almost non-controversial. That two years ago, if if you had been told they're going to they're going to end discrimination against uh, people with pre-existing mm-hmm. conditions, they're going to ensure another 30 million Americans, we'd say great. Where do we sign up? And now uh, some progressives are uh, maybe a little bit too wed to. Uh, uh, to the public option, even though I favor it, too. Yeah. But we shouldn't go down with the ship
15: with the public option. Uh, uh, but, but, of course, now, as we discussed, the, the, that relatively narrow debate, co-op public option, super co-op public option, or maybe the super co-op is the public option, there is still an undercurrent to all of this, which is addressed in this next question, which is about something that actually isn't in the bill, although thousands, millions of people think it is, this single-payer system. Listen to this. Mike and I do not support a single-payer system. We are not interested in a single-payer system. We are not interested in expanding Medicare to the rest of the public. We don't support a single-payer but system. But
5: that's what Obama wants. So,
15: no, it's not what President Obama Is that- wants. Yes, 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 yes. The congressman then spends nine-and-a-half hours trying to convince the crowd that the public option is not actually in the bill, nor uh, or the public option is in the bill, but the single-payer system yeah. is not in the bill. Right. But Fox comes on and spends 24 hours a day saying it is in the bill, yeah. or it's what Obama will then introduce. Right. The right-wing misinformation machine has scored a victory on this to get this into people's heads, have they not?
13: Yes. I mean, they, they just shout all day, Rush Limbaugh and all the rest of them, that this is a Trojan horse for a Mm -hmm. single-payer plan. And it it is, you know, it is possible that over time uh, this will morph into something that resembles uh, single-payer, but it's not that right now. And the insurance companies are in no danger of going out of business yes. under this bill, <laughs> under any version of this bill. So if we do end up with a single-payer plan, it won't be for many, many years. And people who argue to the contrary are just lying about the particulars of this uh, of this program. Obama, by design, did not move to single-payer because he realized that the country was ready for it.
15: Um, but we have news that Kashra clunkers has just passed, which ah. we will get to in detail, the extension of that in a minute. But I want to go to this last piece of tape, because this is the heart of the thing. The last questioner went into this long diatribe asserting how the president would somehow get his legislation passed, you know, without Congress. He'd just go in and make it happen, because, obviously, he's dictator Obama, he's not the president. And she ended with this piece of tape.
5: I don't believe. Sincer-
10: of the United States of America is going to be upheld
9: in this issue
15: we've seemed to have come full circle here uh, paranoia and anger and my America what happened to the debate about health care how did these people get convinced that they're going to be what burned at the stake is that what they're expecting to have happen here well look anytime you have wrenching uh, social
13: change which this will be Bring. This is a big piece of legislation. You're going to have a lot of folks who are going to be anxious about it. So uh, in that sense, I'm sympathetic mm-hmm. uh, to this, this woman. But if you pay close attention, you recognize that all of this is very much along the sort of median strip of of American politics. It's not out to the left, it's certainly not out to the right, it's not going to make a huge difference in most people's lives. All that it's going to do is give people more choice hopefully lower costs over time, even though it will cost more initially, uh, and end the fear that all of us should have mm-hmm. of what happens to us should we lose our jobs and get sick. For us not to be addressing that, to dis- continue to discriminate against people who are ill, is that's the real outrage yep. and that, that it really has to be
15: ended this fall. And you just used the uh, phrase that, that perhaps should have been used all along. We are discriminating against people who are ill. Sell, it, sell that it that way and maybe that, a, that would have gotten it across is, a little it is more easily. It's a
13: civil rights issue it and it's is. also a security issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, people should not have to worry. This was the theme of, of FDR's presidency. You know, I'm kind of obsessed mm-hmm. with that. But, you know, social security and then collective security internationally. This is health security. It's completing... FDR's unfinished agenda. People shouldn't have to worry about this. It's bad enough to be sick without having to worry about how you're going to pay for it. That's what Barack Obama's own mother went through at the end of her life. It's just wrong that Americans should have to endure that uh, in
5: 2009. It's the edge of the world in all of Western civilization. The sun may rise in the east, at least it's settled in a location. It's understood
1: the president is 48 years old or 480 years old each is equally likely we do know one thing time is running out if he does not secure a health care bill the uninsured fat lady will be singing
2: how much does obama have riding on health
1: care reform the rest of this year Oh, it's, a, it's a, just about everything.
12: If
5: he loses health care, it's almost as if he is, he is risking whatever the legacy of his presidency is going to be.
6: The president has to have a bill he can c- call health care reform, otherwise the presidency
0: is over.
1: Damn it, Krauthammer. <laughs> You've given Obama an out. All he has to do is pass a bill, any bill, and call it health care. <laughs> And then he still gets to be president.
12: If he loses on this bill, he ends up being that just another is, survivor right. president like Clinton. Just hanging in look, there doing school uniforms.
1: He better act now before it's too late.
13: And I don't know if he'll ever win anything again after he, if he fails to get this passed.
1: <laughs> yeah, he'll probably end up some two-bit partisan troll, a shell of his former self. His outward physical appearance slowly reflecting the putrefaction of his soul. A Harvey Feierstein S conservative minstrel rolling from town to town in a rented conversion van, each day a carbon copy of the last, with only the changing of his three gravy stained red speech ties to mark the progression of time. Every sunrise, an incandescent f- you from a god that long ago abandoned him. <laughs> What were we talking about?
4: Media cover the debate over health care reform makes a big difference in how people feel about this whole thing. And with the media covering the issue more as a political football than a legitimate social concern, it's not surprising that people are starting to feel pretty pessimistic. The press are now engaged in interpreting the public sentiments they've helped to generate, as in the July 30th New York Times piece headlined, New Poll Finds Growing Unease on Health Plan. The focus of the article was on President Obama and how he's losing the ability to shape the debate. On Healthcare. But the numbers the Times reported, and some that it did not, show more confusion than anything else. While the headline certainly gives one impression, further down in the piece, readers are told that 66% of those polled think they'll lose their own insurance if the government does not create a public plan, and 80% expressed concern that the number of uninsured will rise. And when asked if they supported the creation of a public plan at all, 66% said they do. Those are results the Times chose not to include in their story. So, if you're trying to figure out what the public wants, it doesn't seem that complicated. One thing polls do show is that people are somewhat confused by the details of the debate, thanks in part to a lot of misinformation being circulated in the right wing media, and mostly unchallenged in the rest of the corporate press. Instead of spinning that confusion into unease, media might spend some time dispelling it. I
5: felt my-
10: wave of angry mobs being dispatched to shut down town hall meetings about health care reform appears to be tacking from aggressive rudeness toward threats of violence. Congressman Brad Miller, a Democrat of North Carolina, has received death threats over his position on health care. Congressman Miller's communications director telling Talking Points Memo today, quote, the call to the D.C. office was Miller could lose his life over this. Congressman Brian Baird of Washington, he'll be joining us live in just a moment, also announced that he won't be scheduling any town hall meetings over the August recess because of what he called, quote, a lynch mob mentality out there. There is an ugliness to it, he said. For evidence of that ugliness, well, check Congressman Frank Cradoville, a freshman Democrat from Maryland. He was recently lynched in effigy by an anti-healthcare reform protester outside his own office lynched in effigy because of health care reform. Meanwhile, the rhetoric behind the anti-healthcare reform movement is also taking a radical turn. Here's a protest outside Democratic Congresswoman Betsy Markey's Colorado office, a protest that includes a sign with the president's name underneath a swastika. Here's a protest outside a town hall meeting being held by Congressman Lloyd Doggett, Democrat of Texas, this past weekend. If you look closely at that sign there, you'll notice the Nazi SS lettering. Another of Congressman Doggett's protesters that day brought along a Lloyd Doggett tombstone. And influential Republican talk show host Rush Limbaugh is also pushing the Nazi theme, comparing on his website the Obama health care logo with the Nazi swastika and devoting plenty of airtime to comparing the president of the United States and this logo for the health care reform effort and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to Adolf Hitler.
6: The Obama health care logo is damn close. To a Nazi swastika logo. There are far more similarities between Nancy Pelosi and Adolf Hitler than between these people showing up at town halls to protest a Hitler-like policy that's being heralded by a Hitler-like logo. Oh, another similarity,
10: Obama is asking citizens to rat each other out like Hitler did. He's just like Hitler. And you know what? That means he deserves, right? As for the actual Republican Party, the would-be responsible adults opposed to health care reform, RNC Chairman Michael Steele is going for the who-me approach, telling reporters that the Republican Party has absolutely nothing to do with encouraging angry town hall protests. Mr. Steele said in a conference call yesterday, quote, we're not encouraging people to be angry. Now, some people, you know, that's how they express their frustration. But that's not something deliberately coordinated by me or any one state party. But you know, it is being celebrated and publicized by the National Republican National Excuse me, National Republican Congressional Committee, which is the part of the Republican Party that's responsible for races in the House of Representatives. They're promoting the disruptions of public events on their website. They're calling them recess roastings, and they're taunting the Democrats who are being accosted and shouted down at these events. House Minority Leader John Boehner on his website is gloating specifically about the way that Texas Democrat Lloyd Doggett was treated during his his town halls. Congressman Doggett is the one who was treated to an image of his own tombstone, you will recall. Congressman Boehner concludes in his taunting of Congressman Doggett, quote, it will be a long, hot August for Democrats in Congress. The Republican Party of Texas has produced a video for the front page of its website, which includes footage of Congressman Doggett being screamed at and bullied. Now, for his part, Senator John Cornyn of Texas, who is the chair of the Senate campaign arm of the Republican Party, he says he sees electoral advantage in these demonstrations of mass hostility. Senator Cornyn told The Hill newspaper, quote, fear, I would say, precedes anger. And I think there are a lot of people who tell me they are scared of what they see coming out of Washington. I see real opportunities for us. We've got fear. We've got anger. Frankly, we're psyched. Another con- congressman, another Republican congressman, is actually making jokes about the death threats and the other threats of violence against Democrats. Little-known congressman Todd Aiken of Missouri now officially has something that he will be known for.
2: Uh, different uh, people from Washington, D.C. have come back to their districts and have town hall meetings, and they almost got lynched. And so uh, the people...
10: Video was shot at a forum held by Congressman Aiken earlier this week, telling jokes about lynching and getting big laughs. And I don't want to like, step on the joke or anything, but I do sort of worry about threatening violence and saying it would be justified for political reasons, given even just our recent history as a country. When Dr. George Tiller was murdered in May, it turned out that his alleged killer, Scott Roeder, was steeped in the extreme rhetoric and reasoning of the extreme anti abortion movement and their supporters in the conservative media, who vilified Dr. Tiller so harshly and so repeatedly as to make his assassination seem like a logical next step to some of the unhinged fringe of our society. On Fox News Channel, Bill O'Reilly not only attacked Dr. Tiller as a killer, but repeatedly called him a Nazi, which is a particularly resonant metaphor to people looking to hear that acting on their fantasies of violence against those with whom they disagree would somehow be seen as justified. Public figures have two options when political circumstances reach a point that's somewhere between extreme rhetoric and physical violence. You can condone the threats and then risk being seen as complicit in whatever comes next. Or you can step up and be an adult, try to do something to restore civility. For example, to his credit, Senator John McCain posted a message on his Twitter account of all places saying, quote, town hall meetings are an American tradition. We should allow everyone to express their views without disruption even if we disagree. Now, Twitter isn't the floor of the U.S. Senate, but good for John McCain. Meanwhile, Fox News host Glenn Beck, yes, Glenn Beck, also did the right thing recently uh, before undoing it just as quickly. But on his Fox News show recently, Mr. Beck called on his viewers to choose prayer over any violent impulses they might be feeling. Kudos to Glenn Beck for having said that. Then he said this
12: you have three people in the white house that are in love with eugenics or whatever it is you would call it today of course it's not eugenics because eugenics has been so horribly maligned we have quotes not ancient 1960 quotes the oldest one we have is from 1995 and some of them have been written or said this year by people who are advising this president on health care
10: eugenics of course was the philosophy philosophy cited by the nazis in hitler's germany as justification for their racial policies You know, there's a reason why comparisons to Nazis and lynchings and effigy and death threats are unacceptable in public discourse, or at least they're supposed to be. Uh, They implicitly condone, if not encourage, violence. It's time to stop it before people get hurt.
0: Thanks for listening, everybody. Thursday, August 20th. Thursday, August 20th. Thursday, August 20th. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're either new to the show, so welcome, or you haven't been paying close enough attention. Thursday, August 20th is the culmination of the great iTunes experiment. As all good podcasters and many podcast listeners already know, iTunes is the place to find new podcasts. And if you're looking to expand your audience, that's the place to focus your energy when trying to promote the show. So my goal is to get this show promoted all the way up to the homepage of the podcast store inside iTunes. The strategy we've developed to achieve this goal is to receive at least 100 five-star reviews all in one day that mention that the show should be listed on the homepage of the podcast store. So Thursday, August 20th, mark your calendar, go to iTunes. You can find it very easily through my website, bestoftheleft.com. Click the link to the iTunes store. It'll take you right to not only the best of the left, but also to the review page where you can type in your review, click five stars, and send it away I'm hoping that this is the podcasting equivalent of a mass letter writing campaign to your congressman we really want to get the attention of the humans who run the store not just the computers who run the algorithms you all already know how much you like the show and this can be your chance to get together with tens or hundreds of people just like you to demand that the show be promoted better so that more people will be able to find it and enjoy it just like you do Thursday, August 20th Thursday, August 20th, Thursday, August 20th, just five days away as of this posting. And now as I do every show, I want to just thank a couple of members who have signed up to donate as little as $5 a month to help keep the show going. Jennifer F., member number 15, signed up on June 20th, and George F., member number 25, joined up on July 11th. Thanks so much to both of you for your help uh, keeping the show going. If you're interested in becoming a member, just go to bestoftheleft.com and click the membership tab. It's Very easy, very cheap, and helps me out enormously just keeping the show going at the pace that I'm able to do it. So that's it for today. Stay connected with the show on Twitter and Facebook or via our newsletter. I will be sending out notices about Thursday, August 20th to all of those sources if you're following us you will get a message one way or another you can also help support the show besides your five-star review in itunes on august 20th by voting every month at podcast alley it's about the middle of the month now i would love to stop talking about it for the month we just need about 50 to 70 more votes to really solidify our place in the top 10 slot at podcast alley links to that also at the website very simple it'll take 30 seconds and help keep us visible on the homepage of podcast Alley. So that's very much appreciated if you go and vote there while you're on the website if you want to give feedback you can fill out our listener survey you can listen to the show on your smartphone without syncing by visiting the show at stitcher.com visit the show notes on our blog to find all the links and sources to the music used in this episode so coming to you from inside the beltway and border, yet outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, DC, my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast delivered to you every Wednesday and every weekend, thanks to the members from Bestofleft.com. So right. on the
5: only maker that you want is the throne, will take you out any open door, this is not my life, it's just a fond farewell to a friend, it's not what I'm like.